Welcome to Sci-Fi on Trial. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury. This is a brand new podcast designed to take a second look at science fiction films that are divisive, controversial, or straight up terrible. Oftentimes the expectations we bring into the theater act as blinders to what's happening on screen. This trial will peel back those layers of expectation and look at the film underneath. While we will absolutely be debating the good and the bad of each film, we'll be looking deeper than that. What's on trial here is not the film itself, but the way fan culture reacted to it. By looking at these films with fresh eyes, we will try to answer the question, is this film remembered fairly? For our first trial, what film could be more appropriate than the infamous, the ignominious, the disreputably notorious Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? We've all heard these words a thousand times before. Star Wars Episode One ruined my childhood. I've said those words many times in complete sincerity. By examining the way fandom received The Phantom Menace, maybe we can uncover the point of view George Lucas was trying to get across. Maybe we can learn to forgive or potentially even like this movie. At the very least, we can learn to celebrate the rapidly approaching release of The Force Awakens without oppressive expectations. The main bulk of this podcast will be made up of a panel discussion where we will debate questions designed to force ourselves to re-examine how we perceive the film. I have also conducted and collected interviews from friends and fans to give us a wider view than the panel can allow. Although the panel will eventually come to a verdict over whether the film is remembered fairly, the final judge will be you as the listener. So let's dive into the trial. This panel was hosted by me, co-hosted by Daniel O'Connell, a.k.a. Baby Dan, and features Ryan Casey, Jenny Krantz, and Johnny Unicorn. All right, welcome to the very first episode of Sci-Fi on Trial. I am your host, Jesse Mercury. This is my my co-host. We're just going to call you Baby Dan because that's what I'm used to. Yeah. It's cool. If I ever start a rap career, I will also go by Baby Dan, and yeah. it'll add some manly legitimacy to it. I hope that when you're, like, 65 years old, you're still going by Baby Dan. So do I, because it makes it less weird that I do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and next to you, we've got Johnny Unicorn. Hi. Johnny Unicorn's a musician, <laughs> uh, performer. Yes. All around. All those things. Magical human being. On the other side of the table, we have Ryan Casey. Hello. Ryan's a comedian. Ryan is uh, episode one guy on Twitter. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do. Yep, that's me. I yeah. try to keep up. No, I don't really post a lot, but it was really fun for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're wearing a Sebulba is my co-pilot T-shirt, which is it's handmade. Uh, you can not the T-shirt. You just it's drew available on it. in, in my Etsy store, but it's just this one that I'm wearing. So, so what would happen if someone bought that would, T-shirt? I'd have to give it. I'd have to Would you wash it, it first? You have to draw a new one. Is that <laughs> no? It's part of the. It's in the description. I will not. They sent you. A will shirt. not wash. Yeah, they That's have to awesome. send me a replacement. One, <laughs> That's you know. a good business. So uh, I'm not down one. <laughs> and then next around we have Jenny Krantz. Jenny's an artist. She's the event coordinator at the Rendezvous. <laughs> yes. Uh, we I, feel like I need a cool nickname. You need a cool Johnny nif- Unicorn, Jesse Mercury, Jenny Krantz. Do you want to be? Do you want to be Johnny Unicorn or Jesse Mercury? 
Okay. I'll trade. I'll be Jenny Kranz. <laughs> yes. The remainder of this. All right, let's come up with a nickname for Jenny. What do we got? <laughs> do you want to be ba- Baby Dan? Let's wait till after the podcast. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen in the middle somewhere. That's yeah. how you're. Uh, it'll, it'll happen, happen organically. organically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not something you can force. I was. Just Maybe feeling, it'll be like I was just feeling chill. Person with if bad opinions anything. on this movie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you learn anything from George Costanza? You can't force a nickname. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. All right, so this is Sci-Fi on Trial. We are going to put the way we remember Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace on trial. We're going to debate some special questions to see if we are remembering this movie fairly. At the end of the episode, we will have a verdict, yes or no. So shall we? Let's do it. Let's right. do it. Everyone's so excited. No, I'm, so, I'm totally ready. Yeah, it feels so formal. Yes or no answer? Yes or no answer to yes. are we remembering this movie only fairly? Only a Sith deals in absolute. <laughs> See, so, she's she had I'm that like trying to build I'm cred and cred. Doesn't Are you a Sith here. Lord? Is Does that, that mean we can't us? quote the movies? Yeah, no quotes. You can, anything goes. <laughs> we just don't have the rights. You have to pay what a lot of money. I was thinking maybe a good way to start would be to actually just reenact the entire movie. Oh, that's, that's great from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> okay, well let's start with the music. You guys ready? We're gonna sing the opening song. All right, I'm getting, I'm gonna abstain from that and instead just Why? mime the text. Everyone's looking at me with like horror. Do you know the text? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like if you it are listening like war. to it and you don't know exactly what I'm doing, <laughs> no, then, yeah, it starts totally off it. trade federations. Those are a thing you have to know about now. <laughs> and there's a blockade. That's also boring. Um, boring, but it's yeah, a story. It's, it's a story. It's it's a boring story. <laughs> That's what it is. I it's just like realized the that of the Star Wars universe. the two sides of this table are kind of the pro and the anti. <laughs> Jenny and Ryan are like the anti uh, episode one, and then yeah, uh, Baby Dan and John are kind of our pro <laughs> episode one, and then I'm over here. I used to be an anti, and now I'm kind of coming around, which is yeah. I think shocking that, to I me think, more than anyone. Jenny's looking at me with disgust no, when I say that. I'm a positive no, I, person. I rub off on you. I've, I've <laughs> yeah, that's right. Baby Dan rubbed that. off on me, and now I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very erotic. I think yeah. you have to have a sense of humor about this movie. I think it's terrible, but I think it can be appreciated for like the parts that are good and also yeah. the parts that are so bad that yeah. they make me real angry. Well, before we before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, let's go around the table and I'll talk about our experience of this movie when we were kids and how we remember the movie before we decide if we're remembering it fairly. So uh, my co-host over here, Baby Dan, why don't you get us started? Um, okay, so I was six or seven. When did it come out? 99? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was seven when it came out. So I saw it essentially at the same time that I saw like the the later movies, four, five, and six. Uh, the later slash earlier. Still confusing to talk <laughs> the about. Original, yeah. the, original the original trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I saw it around the same time as I saw the original trilogy, and it was my favorite of the four movies hmm. because it just looks prettier in every way. Wow. What uh, order did you see the movies in? I think I saw six first. I remember... That's so what? backwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think my parents gave a shit about it, and so they were just like, which one do you want to pick? And I was like, the one with the green font, and that was six. <laughs> wow. Uh, and so I don't, I don't remember after that what the exact order was, but I know that I saw oh, those three... The green font? Yeah. yeah were these like the three issues? I don't know. <laughs> they were the three-box VHS set that I had in my basement. Um, so you did see the old one first before mm-hmm. seeing the yeah, not the, but at the same same general the same time, time in your yeah, life, but within a within a couple right. years and still just like with a childlike shine. Special yeah. edition yeah. or regular or original edition? Do you know? He doesn't even know. Uh, so special edition would wow. be with like new special effects put in. Do you remember any CGI? Was 
no idea. No. Do you remember yeah. a musical scene in Jabba's hut with the the da, na, 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 like the very out of place CGI? <laughs> that was a perfect representation <laughs> of that song. That was exactly right. Sing the ending Ewok song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there e- were, were the Ewoks singing Yub Chub? Like Yub Chub, Chub. Okay, so that's the original. Yeah. Okay. That's part okay. Of no, because he said VHS, so that yeah. yeah. that would have been. I don't know. No, I had the special editions on VHS. Okay. So the main reason that Baby Dan is our co-host is because he is not as entrenched in the Star Wars universe, and we need someone who is. Like looking at it from the outside, who's not yeah. emotionally attached. He's like like Han, that's why it's really Solo. important. He doesn't believe in the <laughs> yeah. force or whatever. And you, you should be happy about that. Oh, I'm so jazzed. Yeah. I fist pumped multiple times. And wa- <laughs> watching the movie with Baby Dan, watching Phantom Menace with Baby Dan was why I started to like it because uh. his, his just joy. It's so fun. In watching it's such it a fun movie. Was rubbing off on me. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so I saw it, and I fucking loved it. It was great. I went and saw it in theaters multiple times. I thought it was super fun. I was very excited about it. Like, I really liked the the original trilogy, um, but it was never, like, a, an obsession. It was just, like, a childhood obsession, like, you obsess over anything else. Kind of, you kind of lumped it into all yeah, of it. Yeah, it was like, I like Star Wars and also Space Jam. Um, oh. Who doesn't? <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Truly <laughs> stupendous film. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us at this table are the type of people who take things very seriously. Like, I take my fandom very seriously. When I'm into something that that's, that's yeah, very important that's to me, you know? Like, Next Generation is my favorite show. Those people are family and friends to me. Um, and you're very different. I think you kind of take things in more casually, which is probably a I healthier way. I think I take way. things really seriously when they're good, but I'm pretty good at detaching when something's bad because yeah, I just don't maybe see that's the, the point difference. in being upset over like yeah. the media I'm choosing to consume. Yeah, which that's is that's a great point. It's a great point, and that's what we were talking about the other day, and that's what that. really resonated with me. Is like, why am I so fucking yeah. upset, Johnny Unicorn? How do you remember this movie? Well, uh, I was not a child. I was an adult. I was 19 when this movie came out. And uh, I'll give you teenager. You were a teenager. I was a teenager, yeah. <laughs> you were a late teen. But it, this came out right after uh, the special editions came out. That was really exciting. And so we, everyone was all like jazzed up about uh, the new one coming out. We like bought tickets to stand in line to buy tickets. <laughs> and uh, we got in and everyone was crazy. And the Lucasfilm logo came on and everyone was cheering and it was bonkers. And I was super excited. And, and by the end of it, everyone was kind of groaning. But I, I went back and watched it a few times. How did you feel about I, it on, on your first watch? On my first watch, I was disappointed. Really? My immediate reaction was disappointment. And I thought about it for a while, and I gave it another try. So you came to like the movie more later on I was, in life? I kind of forced myself to like it, I think. <laughs> really? <laughs> why? Why? Did you just sit with your eyes, like, I'm peeled not, back? Like a clockwork orange <laughs> situation. <laughs> well, I mean, it had a lot of, like, memorable stuff in it that... It was. I mean, it was entertaining. It was. It was funny. There was funny parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What's your connection to the original trilogy? My connection. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Were you like really into it as a kid? I wasn't. I wasn't like a super Star Wars uh, aficionado mm-hmm. as a child. So the the it people. It was just around. It was just around me all the time. You know, it was always yeah. there. So the people on our pro Phantom Menace side, Star Wars was more of like a, a thing that you liked, but were not necessarily. You weren't like collecting action figures. You weren't reading expanded universe novels. No, nothing like that for either of you, right? No, I mean I would pretend to be the characters all the time, but I was like six. I, I also yeah. pretended to be everyone else. Yeah, I, I had friends like that. That's kind of how I got into it. They were always talking about Star Wars characters, and they were quoting Star Wars all, all the time. So yeah, what about our anti 
Phantom Menace side. Were you guys collecting action figures? Were you guys like really into? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was one of those people yeah. for sure. I mean, Ryan, tell us about your your memory of this movie. Uh, I was I'm around the same age, so it was yeah, it was like after high school or the end of high school, basically, and definitely going to see all the special editions and like I think I went to go see all of the old movies the day this one came out. They were showing them in the theater in the mall, and then I went to go see at like midnight. I think I probably had the same reaction I had to all of the 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 prequel trilogy, which was like leaving it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that Star Wars is cool, but really like not being able to remember clearly like the bad parts. Like, oh, it was you know, it's cool when lightsabers, and then yeah, I have huge problems with like a lot of it, but like also parts of it. I'm I'm happy it's there. I'm happy I have that we have it. Uh, I just think that uh, yeah, I think that he was too nervous or something. He waited too long to make those movies, mm. and they came out a little wonky. <laughs> um, it's like he hadn't masturbated in 25 years, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and the first time was a little rough. Well, I think he created a thing that was bigger than he than any than anything had ever been, basically, which is kind of terrifying to be like uh, to try to continue doing it. And I think he, yeah, I think he was uh, holding on to it too tight, or uh, you know, also cracked like an egg. Yeah. Also, like (laughs) making a decision that it was like supposed to be a kids' movie, which it, it didn't have to be, and and it wasn't necessarily and. You know, that was his justification, I think, for a lot of the silliness was like, I have kids now and this is for them. And it's like, well, you know, it's not just for them. You can't take that. Kids I, think that was, trade disputes. I think that was a load of bullshit that when he came out, when people were starting to say, we hate these prequels, right. yeah. he came out and said, these are supposed to be kids' movies, you know, right. that's why they're goofy. I think that was a cop-out. I, I totally. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that, that that is true. I think that they were supposed to be the same sort of, balance of like adult and childish Boy, as yeah. the originals. Toy Story is a kids movie. That's a good kids yeah. movie. There's good that, kids movies with good stories. Yeah. Toy Story 3 made me cry, you know? Kids movie doesn't it's a, make yeah. up for being a shitty movie. It's sort of like when the Alligator movie came out and uh, everyone thought it was dumb and then the guy said, no, it was a comedy. Lake Placid? But it was oh. Lake Placid, yeah. No. Right. But it had been advertised not as a comedy. Yeah. I never saw that. It's silly. Jenny, how how do you remember this movie from your childhood? Oh, gosh. This is going to get dark. Yeah, well, I mean, so for me, I I don't know how to tell you how much of a Star Wars fan I was. I I remember seeing when I was really little, like, our little VHS recorded versions of the originals. But I did, I got really into it with the re-releases, the special editions. I mean, but I, I just was immersed in this world. I would watch Star Wars multiple times a week. I was reading the expanded universe novels. I was just, God bless my, my one friend in junior high that would have to sit next to me while I just recited Star Wars dialogue for her. <laughs> I actually, I, I actually remembered, I, I have a little picture of my journal that I found from when I was 13. Wow. It says, I love the movie Star Wars. I don't know what it is about it. No one else seems to love it. My favorite one is Return of the Jedi. I have even re- memorized scenes from it. I'm going to recite it, okay? <laughs> well, your highness, guess this is it. Princess Leia, that's right. Han, now don't get all mushy on me. So long, princess. Leia, Han! Yes, your highness. I won't go on. But I go on to just, re- you know, write that. in my. That's what I was writing in a journal. 13. Wow. 
Um, so yeah, so I was just like immersed in this. I'm sure it was some form of escape from being such a weird little kid. Um, so then when, uh, so I followed the prequels really closely, like from the moment they were announced to the casting, to the storyline development, like I said, I had Star Wars Insider Magazine I had subscribed to, um, and yeah, so I was 17 when Phantom Menace came out and I remember going to see it with my dad because uh, he was my Star Wars buddy. He's the one that got me into it. And just kind of, I was already nervous. I wasn't super excited to see it at that point because like I said, when I'd seen the trailer, I was already nervous. I already said I would had a bad feeling about this. I wasn't, you know, I, my expectations actually weren't super high. But even with my just kind of middle expert, like, oh, I hope I just still enjoy it. It was just, I remember just slowly head sinking 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 (laughs) down and i literally walked out of the theater just like i felt like i'd just been dumped like i'd just been broken up with your costume away (laughs) well no i mean i i you know i i've tried to separate in my head and you know what just because the prequels happen doesn't take away what i love about the originals but i just i felt like they're everything i loved and all the characters that i was so just could connect with and love or it was just like watching a piece of cardboard for two hours yeah so did it make it so that you couldn't appreciate the originals as much no and that's no and i i I remember kind of me and my dad bitching about and analyzing and going over everything we hate and why it was so like what we didn't like about it but I'm pretty sure I went home and then I popped in, you know, Empire Strikes Back and continued reading, you know, the next Timothy Zahn. Um, <laughs> the Thrawn know, Yeah, the books. Thrawn trilogy. I've read that trilogy three times. That was a yeah. much better story. You beat me. I've only Menace. read it twice. <laughs> and I'm rereading it again because I wanted to. Oh, yeah. such the characters in that are even better than anything in the prequels. That's, um, yeah, the, you know, that, that's the thing that's so painful is like if you love the original like so much for, if you've grown up with it. You can just see where it's not in these movies. Yeah. And it's that's what that's what's so hard about it. It's yeah. not that some of it's not super cool, but you're just like it just misses by so much so in so many much. places. Yeah. A long shot. That you're just like, didn't anyone say hey, this isn't very good. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was, anyone... it was probably big fans that were working on it. Yeah. And they couldn't see the forest. For also, the trees, like, yeah? you have like the expectation of like twenty years of this thing that's the biggest thing oh, ever. Yeah. His, yeah, you can't follow. There's no matter how good a movie he made, it would have been called not good. I don't think there's a way because you don't. You're not going to find another Han Solo. Han Solo makes the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, minus Han Solo, those characters are as bad as. The the prequel well, characters. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I totally with agree that. with that. Well, the only charming one, the main character, well, yeah. is the worst person. You have Luke to have. I hate Luke. Yeah. I hate him. I remember being like seven and being like, I don't look up to this guy. No. Yeah. He, well, I mean, yes, he's totally a whiny bitch, but I yeah. related to that because I was a whiny bitch when I was, you know, however old I was yeah, when I saw that he, for the first again, time. Again, he's you, related. He talks like a whine, like a whiny yeah. teenager that wants to. But I do think that Dan has a point that. Without Han Solo, the original trilogy, it does not hit the high level that it does. I um, yeah, I totally agree, and I uh, that's I love to see been, that movie. It's yeah. Been, yeah, it's kind of my theory of why those movies are bad. Not that there's not a Han, there's not Han Solo specifically, but there's not someone who's like that who yeah. is like 
a skeptic of everyone's like a Jedi. Everyone <laughs> believes everyone's good. Everyone's a queen or a Jedi or yeah. apprentice Jedi. No They're all very <laughs> serious about what's happening. No one's like, this is kind of stupid. Like the only <laughs> guy who's like supposed to take us out of it is Jar Jar Binks, and he's yeah. horrendous. That's a big problem that I yeah. definitely was thinking when yeah, I just I rewatched it. About but that, yeah, even he's like, the only person that has any characterization. Everyone right. else is very wooden there, and very yeah. stiff. And also, like a lot of that was Harrison Ford punching up George Lucas's bad script. Like I yeah, don't know yeah. why it's surprising because Harrison Ford's like known for like the the I know the when she says I love you. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was him. Yeah. George Lucas wrote yeah. a bad movie, and then Harrison Ford was like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. I got well, this. Well, I think that the script in Empire Strikes Back is actually pretty He's fucking a carpenter. I, I, think, I mean, Lawrence Kasdan wrote that with George Lucas. And yeah. he, he can write dialogue. The first movie, like, the, the dialogue in the first movie is okay. It's but not a B-movie dialogue. It's B-movie dialogue. Yeah. It's supposed to be B-movie dialogue. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be kind of emulating that sort of Flash Gordon-style serialized yeah. uh, TV show. It's not supposed to be great dialogue. It's supposed to be fun. And I think the original trilogy is the perfect balance of okay, maybe bad dialogue, uh, but just being so fucking fun that you enjoy it, that you love it, you fall in love with everyone because they're relatable and you and you like it. Yeah, well, and I think there was, and the thing that bothered me is in terms of the casting of the fandom, it's like, I love Liam Neeson, such a talent. Ewan McGregor is awesome. Like, he had good actors right. to work with. That's why so like, what happened? Like, <laughs> Liam Neeson is one of my most favorite people. Even Natalie Portman. Uh, I won't talk about hating. Even Natalie there, Portman. I think, well, <laughs> I don't, I'm not a huge fan of her, but <laughs> she's still. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to, I want to share my my story of yes. of how I came to this movie. Yeah, I was a lot like Jenny. I was just obsessed with Star Wars. I had a large action figure collection. Uh, I had a ton of expanded universe novels. Um, I came to Star Wars a little bit later than my friends because I was a Star Trek guy my whole life. I got into Star Wars fourth or fifth grade, I think, and I went hardcore. I went into it really hardcore. And I was in eighth grade when... Phantom Menace came out. So I was already a Star Wars fan before the special editions happened, and I was at my peak of my Star Wars fandom when uh, Phantom Menace came out. I also got the Star Wars Insider magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I w- followed everything yeah. about this movie. I was reading every little tidbit of information that I could. I knew who all the characters were going to be. I knew who all the actors were going to play. I knew that like C-3PO was going to be this uncovered, half-built version of himself. I didn't know that he was going to be built by Darth Vader, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, I had so much expectation oh, going into it. it. <laughs> I ditched school on the day it came out with like six or seven other friends. My mom came with us, so uh, she was kind of in essence the chaperone of all these truants who were going to see Star Wars on the first day it came out. We went at seven in the morning, and I remember you know the Lucasfilm logo comes up. That a was long the best time. Part of the movie. It was <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Comes up and it goes black, and the tension in the room was just yeah. insane. I was shaking with excitement, and then Star Wars <laughs> comes up on the screen. I'll try to recreate the noise that I made because it just came out of me. I was like, "Hey!" <laughs> this, made this bizarre noise when when the movie started, hey! and I'm just like, "Yeah, here we go, Star Wars!" I was just so fucking excited, uh, and then. That excitement carried me through my first viewing, uh, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love the movie the first time. I didn't know what to think. I kind of left the theater being like, oh, "Yeah, it was, it was good, right?" Uh, so we went back to school. We went back to school later that day. Uh, everyone asked us how it was. I'm like, "Yeah, it was, it was good." 
You go see it. You go see it. See what you think. I went to see it three more times in the theater. I got to a total of four. And by the fourth time, I hated it. I fucking hated it. I could barely even sit through on the fourth time. I watched it again when it came out on VHS. <laughs> and I could barely get through it. It was fucking painful. It was like, it was like breaking up with a girl... And then continuing to have sex with her while she makes fun of you. Um, um, that's what it felt like watching the movie. You do that. Yeah. You've never done that? It's, uh, it's not no, fun. You, I wouldn't recommend it. How do you maintain... Well, anyway. <laughs> you just do. You just do. You just maintain. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I got to a level of supreme hatred for this movie. And then I got depressed. I went through a crisis of faith. Where I, you know, I've never been a particularly religious person, but George Lucas was next to God to me. I once thought I saw George Lucas in the supermarket and I almost pissed myself. It wasn't him. <laughs> Seeing a man that looks like George Lucas can almost bring me to urination. That's how much I loved wow. these fucking movies. Uh, and then I, I, just, I got really depressed because I'm like, well, if George Lucas can make a bad movie, then God probably doesn't exist, right? <laughs> um, so that's, I spent That's true. Yeah, I went through a very intense emotional journey and then learning how to not be depressed anymore. And I went through a legitimate depression and I think it lasted for a couple of years. Wow. So this was a big deal to me. Uh it's a so big did reason. You, did you stop watching the originals? Did it affect your opinion of the old ones when you It say did affect you, my opinion of the like, old did ones. Did you go did you give it all up? Like you I stopped collecting action figures. I, I stopped reading the expanded universe novels wow. because it's just like, well, why does it matter? You know? <laughs> Nothing did, matters anymore. Let's take a quick break from our panel and listen to some outside opinions about this movie. We're going to hear from Pete G.K., Lindsay Leonard, Albert Kirchner, Joshua Elwin Smith, and Kyle Kennedy. When I first saw the movie, it was, it had to have been like 1999, I'm pretty sure, like right when it came out. But I was nine years old when the movie came out, so when I first saw it, it blew my mind because I was just, you know, all these special effects everywhere, and there wasn't a whole lot of movies doing a lot of CGI like that and like it was new enough that you weren't you didn't look at it and say this all looks fucking fake um so when I was a kid it was like this amazing thing and uh and then you know as I got older I kind of revisited it as episode two and three came out and really dug into like the meat and potatoes of everything as I was like a teenager and everything in high school and then going into college and I, it started pissing me off and I was like maybe this really is the hunk of shit that like everybody talked about online so when I went back and I rewatched it today the, the full episode one to kind of, like after I had written this like long fucking nerd rant of like this is why it sucks this is why it's good I went back and I was like let's give it some fresh eyes and I was actually pleasantly surprised getting back into it there's a lot of prologue and we see a lot of Senator Palpatine who we know is going to become Lord Palpatine in the original trilogy and in the first one he's so benevolent and boring like he's like this like he's just some guy kind of putzing around and you see like you know if you know anything about the series you see the hollow projections of him talking to the Trade Federation and you're like oh shit that's gonna be that's that's the fucking guy that's the Emperor uh, but he's not the Emperor yet we could sit around and shit on the movie all day but I think one thing that the movie does really well is kind of present the banality of evil of how like you have the Emperor who's literally just a boring kind of ancillary character in episode one and then you have Anakin who is this goofy, like, dork <laughs> who, like, is really good at building shit. And they both turn out to be these insane, like, homicidal, genocidal, fratricidal maniacs. Yeah, in episode one, the, what they did really well was present 
these like evil characters is just like normal people who you could pass on the street and just be like, oh, what a square. Like, but you don't think twice about it until, you know, unless you know where everything's headed. If you take out, if you just take out Jar Jar Binks um, and like, and really trim down the pod racing scene and some of the battles, I think it's a great fucking movie. I loved it when I was, I think I saw it when I was like nine uh, and I thought it was great. Um, I'd seen the other Star Wars movies, but I was so young that I didn't, I didn't have any emotional attachment to them. But The Phantom Menace I saw in theaters, and it was really exciting. And I liked uh, that it was in space. I, I hadn't seen a lot of movies that were in space. <laughs> and that was, that was new <laughs> for me. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was very visually stunning. Now that I'm older and I could watch it, I could be like, okay, like I get why people think that this is silly. But it's kind of nostalgic for me because I still remember how much I liked it when I was nine. I was like roughly around the same age. My brother was about my age when he saw the first ones. Mm-hmm. So he was really hyped up to go see it. And I so think your brother's older, way older. Yeah, way older. I have one ten and one twenty years older than me. Wow. And so they were they were really invested in this one. And he waited, I think, three days in line to get tickets for the opening day. And he was, I think him being devastated made me like it less. Wow. But I couldn't care. It was just a cool sci-fi movie. <laughs> so so you, you loved it and your brother hated it and that kind of brought you down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess it's not that good. I don't know why. But it's like, he doesn't like it. And I like trusted him too much. Hmm. And, and then how do you feel about it now? And now it just, a lot of it seems super cheesy. Um, anything like anytime when they're trying to like show you real human emotion, I think all of that seems really poorly written. And then, so I don't like it's hard for me to get invested. And then Jar Jar is just incredibly annoying now. Um, I still think I just rewatched it the other day with my roommates, and it's still visually super cool. Yeah, um, the chase scenes and some of like the the battles are pretty awesome. When I saw it, yeah, in middle school, it was a little disappointing. Yeah. Because there was so much hype around it. And like I'd never had anything like that before where it had been hyped up for me and then it was a letdown, if that yeah. makes sense. It's like a birthday party where no one shows up, right? <laughs> I mean um, But I'd say I don't know, like when I when I, I remember seeing Phantom Menace. I remember like being really excited, you know, like all of all of my friends, I think, you know, um, I think we had just gotten out of church or something like that. And we're like, all right, we're going to go see, you know, the new Star Wars. And we were bragging about it to ever, anyone who would listen. And then we watched it, and it felt like it was for somebody a lot younger than me. Even at the time, even in middle school, I said, you know, this doesn't seem like it's for me, and I really wanted it to be good. Like, I was, like, looking for those moments or those things, and there were some really cool things, but, I mean, it's almost like... Have you ever had, like, somebody in school, like, you know, you kind of look up to him, like, he's really cool, like, he does everything well, and he's popular, but he's also really nice, he's, like, that perfect combination of things, and then... You see him do something, and he's just not good at it. <laughs> and it, and it feels like the there's something wrong with the world. You're like, well, wait, why isn't he? As I mean, did I put my faith in the wrong person? Was he never that good? Yeah, like, like he can do everything except for maybe carry a tune or something. Right. Yeah, and you just see, and it's just like watching him on a stage, like struggling to try and carry that tune. Yeah. And he sometimes hits it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you want him to succeed, but he just doesn't. And this is, you know, where people get to the point of saying, like, blah, 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 ruined my childhood. Yeah. That, the idea is not that it ruined your childhood. It didn't retroactively go in there and mess it up. But what it does is it messes up your conception 
of your own judgment, right? Because now you're saying like, oh, wait, maybe it wasn't that good. Wow. Right? And I think that that's where The Phantom Menace feels like a betrayal in a lot of ways. Yeah. So if The Phantom Menace is bad and George Lucas isn't perfect, then maybe my judgment is flawed for yeah, thinking that he maybe was. Maybe Indiana Jones isn't the coolest person in the world. Like maybe well. I oh I've <laughs> But I'm saying one, one, but I'm saying one this step is at the, a time. <laughs> this is I'm not this is the doubt that it you know, it sows just that right. seed of doubt, right? Right. I mean you don't need to kill God, you just need to make him bleed. So 99, I would have been 15 years old. In the run-up to its release, I called up into a radio show and, you know, answered some really super easy Star Wars trivia question. I think, I think actually the question was, what, what was the name of uh, the Rebel base on Hoth? I can't uh, even think of it. What is it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Echo Base. Oh, of course. Echo Base, <laughs> yeah. So called into a radio show, was like the 10th caller, answered that question and got four tickets to it. So... Um, I must have been like a freshman <laughs> in high school, got together with like three of my friends. We all, you know, basically got permission, if you will, from our parents to skip school and go see this movie and, you know, got their way early to try to account for lines and get seats and everything. And then just basically like hated it. I don't know. The whole movie or large parts of it just kind of seemed like a waste or, or or just unnecessary it's like it's like they made the movie because they felt like they had to or it was just like forced it it just didn't live up to the merits on its own i mean to some extent this happens with any movie right or it can happen with any movie i i had a friend that would say like basically any movie going experience is a game of expectations like if you get your hopes up too high it's usually a mistake and you're probably going to be disappointed in most cases yeah. And so it was like even harder to do that with Star Wars because it's Star Wars. And now, you know, now with the new one coming out, I'm actually like trying to remember that that lesson. I, I really want the new one to be great, but I'm also preparing myself for it to suck just because of like what's happened in the past. I actually come to think of it, I haven't watched any of the original trilogy since I first saw it in theaters. Wow. Um, so episode one kind of destroyed your your desire to see Star Wars. Um, I mean, yeah. And now back to our panel. I, this is I like do. something that I really want to put on the table early in this discussion is that uh, there's this idea in fandom that if you don't like what I like, then you're wrong. That's bullshit. Wow. You know, if you like what you like, then you like it. And that's correct. There's no way to say that that's wrong because you're in your own head. I'm in mine. Your experiences are so different from mine. So I don't, you know, I just don't want there to be any of that type of talk at this table. Like you're experience of this was wrong because that's not true yeah. you know i'll have to think of something else <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm go i'll improvise <laughs> yeah we just watched that the trailer for episode one right before we start this podcast yeah. do you guys remember the first time you saw that and how excited you were for it uh, oh i remember do you know i very rec- i very clearly i remember seeing the teaser trailer and still being kind of excited i remember seeing the second trailer and already having doubts about it yeah. yeah, just as soon as I heard some of the dialogue, and I just... Ugh. I had no doubts. I saw the trailer, and I'm like, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to me. I had no doubts. I, this yeah, is the last know. time in my life I ever went into anything like like a virgin like that. Where I just yeah, didn't see, question. we are different no in our question. expectations. So I feel like we have a pretty good idea of where everyone was coming from. Uh, let's check out Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see what the internet thinks of this movie. Mm. 
To the internet. I think the, the, the internet's internet. on our side. Is there going to be yeah. a song that plays over this section? Uh, if you're going to sing it, there will be. Should we guess, we guess what we think it's going to be? Which, by the way, that was something Again, from Rewind. Again, can't stress how much we don't have the rights to that song. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We can do anything we want on this podcast. Can we? Yeah, podcasts are not regulated. That's the beauty of it. I don't that think that's true. That was one thing that I liked about the new one. That new... Use. That new uh, Nobody cares. Uh, Duel of the Fates. Duel. Uh, the John Mulaney song. That was yeah. a great. That, I listened to that and like that's, that's epic. That, that was like an MTV that I, hit. That, that I was like a, saw it and then I. Yeah. <laughs> they had like a music right. video for it. I must have uh-huh. just. It was like, like, like la 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 like shunned like, out everything prequels. It was like Third Eye Blind and and then <laughs> Duel of the Fates. Oh. That's pretty cool. That's crazy. All right, so let's take a look at Metacritic. The score on Metacritic, the meta score. Based off of 36 critics is 51 mm-hmm. percent out of 100. Mm-hmm. 51 out of 100. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's get some. So yes, it's a that's a win. That's that's 51 <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah, 51. That's, it's that's better than I expect. So not a landslide. I read so through. No, I read through some of the comments, and the yes. general consensus is actually pretty similar to what we're seeing at this table, where it's either like. Yeah, this is a pretty good movie. It was fun. There was lasers. I liked it. Or this was a fucking garbage movie. Uh, it's one of the two. And that's why the score is 51. It's right in the middle. The user score is 5.9 out of 634 ratings. So that's also right in the middle. You know, it's a little on the that's, higher. Yeah, that's higher than I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Because when you a bunch look. Of apologists. A bunch of what? A bunch of apologists. Apologists. <laughs> when you look into, like, the fandom for Star Wars, the level of hatred to this movie becomes apparent very quickly. It's it's very intense. And when I started like t- telling people about this podcast and soliciting like interviews, because I'm going to cut this, like what we're doing now, I'm going to intercut with a bunch of interviews I've collected from other people. Cool. Um, people just wanted to just rail this movie into the ground. People were so upset. That was the majority. But then I was actually surprised to find several friends who were just like, I fucking love that movie, you know? So I've I've seen both, but it's been a majority hatred. Well, that's like people who feel entitled to some creator doing work that they like all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Prince is going to put out a bad album at some point. Yeah, everyone, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> we'll see, buddy. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay, let's go over to Rotten Tomatoes. The Tomato Meter is fifty-seven percent. Wow. Again, that's really surprising. No, that's, yeah, I think that's... I feel like when I talk with people, I think part of my enjoying of the movie is just being a little bit disgusted by how much everyone seems to hate the movie. And mm-hmm. so I really, in my head, expected both of those ratings to be, like, no, between yeah. 15 and 30%. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if it's gone up as time goes by. I feel like when it first I came so. out, the hate yeah. would have been... T- I mean, I, rem- I remember reading reviews that it would just panned. Like, yeah. like, I thought the hatred was even... I think more with the newer generations. Again, discovering the way you did... It's probably well, bumped it up a little bit. Well, I, well now, sure. now you can't even watch the original movie. The, right. the oh original. yeah, it's so hard. You can't you can't find it anywhere. He's keeping it. Yeah, there. so you might not even know what it was like. How stark yeah. and like. It's funny. I mean, we what? have like the special editions of the original trilogy, but it's less publicized that the new trilogy was also redone by George Lucas after it was originally released. Yeah. Where he, he oh, went I back in and changed that. he changed some special effects. Like they replaced the Yoda puppet with a CG Yoda in the Blu-ray edition. Yeah, that I, I did notice. That. But yeah. so he he doesn't release those even worse versions of he's a he's a tinkerer. Yeah. Yes. Eternally. Uh, so the tomato meter is is average critic scores. The critic consensus is Lucas needs to improve on the plot and character development, but there's plenty of eye candy to behold. 
Uh, and then the audience <laughs> score, it, out of 1,196,692 user ratings, is 60%. Yeah, that's really surprising to me. Because even if it's bad, it's still Star Wars, so it's got like a base score that's going to be higher. Well, I would love love to know what people would think of this movie with the rating if it it wasn't Star Wars. Like, let's just say it was called The Phantom Menace and Star Wars, like, just on its own, how it would stand. Well, let's let's find out. Let's take that point of view for the rest of this episode. Let's forget the original trilogy. No more comparing this movie to the original trilogy. We're, <laughs> we're going to look at it only for its own merit. Wow. So let's imagine that this is just a movie. You know, this yeah. is not yeah. Star Wars. This is not holy Star Wars. This is just a movie. And we're just looking at it to see, is this movie enjoyable? Is this movie deserving of all of our hatred? Uh, and, and you guys that like this movie are going to help us out. And then I, I, as someone who has recently realize I don't have to hate this movie, I'm also going to be trying to argue the point that, that I don't think this movie's being remembered fairly. So, so let's get into it. Sure. You're that middle, like, middle 10%. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because when, when we set this up, I was supposed to be on the, the hater yeah, side. Yeah, I feel like I, I thought I had an ally here. Well, you do. You got Ryan. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, it's not good. Ryan was supposed to be in the middle, and then we start talking. He's like, <laughs> I fucking hate it. Well, so. I, I might hate it by the end of this. Yeah, I'm already... <laughs> I'm not, like, yeah. against it now, but I'm realizing, like, oh, I don't think you guys and I view it that differently. I just had less attachment to the original. That's and the thing, so, yeah. Standing alone, that's a whole different thing. It might yeah. not be that bad of a movie. Well, well let's do oh, it. I let's see. find out. Let's look yeah. at it by itself. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the main thing that I wanted to do. with, And that's when I rewatched it, that's the point of view that I watched it from. Uh, mostly because of talking to Baby Dan about his experience with it. Uh, so Baby Dan and I kind of brainstormed about some questions to ask to get at the root of this movie. And I sent you guys all the questions. We're going to ask the questions one at a time, go around the table, get your initial response, and then we'll debate them each, and we'll move on to the next. So the first one, first question, is this movie utter garbage? (laughs) Ryan, go. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. No, I I don't think it is. I think uh, it has a place uh, in the... Well, no, by itself, I, I I really don't know. By itself, I think it's not as good. Damn it, I can't separate them from the original movies yeah. in my head. Yeah. Think of if, if we would even be ta- would we ever be talking about this movie? Probably if we had, if there if if it had it never had. been a Star Wars movie. It'd be like before, what was that weird that movie was, that came out in 1999? It was, it was Phantom ex- Menace well, or something. Cuz do you want to know what else came in 1999? The Matrix. Yeah. I, I mean, hated that movie. <laughs> Wing Commander, yeah. Galaxy Quest, The Iron Giant came out that. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it. I don't think if I think if this was the first Star Wars movie ever, I, I don't think that uh, Star Wars would be um, the thing that it became. I don't think people would love it as much because it's. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't grab you. It doesn't have. And it doesn't have a, it doesn't have much heart to it. I disagree. I think that if this came out first, that we would have a whole generation of people who liked it because it was like a sleek popcorn fun fantasy movie. I don't think that we'd have the level of fandom that we have where it has permeated every aspect of our culture. But uh, I mean, look at Twilight. You know, 
I mean, I've never seen Twilight, so but I don't know I mean, what I'm talking about. The original, about. when it came out, that's what it. It was sleek, and it was a popcorn summer movie, and it was smoother and probably more palatable than any other mm-hmm. science fiction adventure movie had probably ever been. It came out at a very different time. Yeah. There was no Backstreet Boys in 1977. No, like the, yeah. the but there was pop. There was, yeah, there, pop. Was there was Bee Gees, the Monkeys. There was like <laughs> all know. those people are great. I think that the <laughs> I think that pop culture used to be. A way of saying, yeah, that's good. You know, like you used to look at pop culture and stuff and say, yeah, that's like really good. Like Led Zeppelin, Beatles, that's pop culture. Yeah. And we still listen to that because of the quality of it. Uh, I think at a certain point, pop became business where people started writing mm-hmm. music and movies to do well. And that is a different point of view. It's more formulaic. Yeah. And Star Wars Episode One came out at that time. Well, I think Star Wars itself kind of created that world where. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's- where. It it was it was more successful than anything. No one knew something could be that successful. I mean, they'd been like, you know, before that it was like Gone with the Wind was a really good movie. Everyone seemed like Lawrence of Arabia is fantastic. The Godfather certainly, but there was no movie where it was like that had like toys for days Gordon. that people needed yeah. to have yeah. and like. But again, and, we're comparing well, it to the original trilogy. Yeah, so yeah. Forget it. that's if, what I mean. It's if weird. the original trilogy hadn't been made, it would have been. Uh, a movie, they probably would have ended it. They probably would have done the whole first three episodes in one movie or something, right? They would have. Yeah. Let's, let's really say we're, we're really in an alternate reality where George George Lucas made Indiana Jones and was just as successful off of that, mm-hmm. and then made Star Wars Episode mm-hmm. One: The Phantom Menace, the passion project that he's always had in his back pocket. In 1981. In 1999. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool story. And it's about, the exact same movie about a pod racing whiz kid, and you know, <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's. Getting out, he's getting away from home. He's he's not a slave anymore. He's going into space, and he's it's sort of like it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Harry Potter, kind of. It's like it's not, but it's not just that. But, he's he's taken away from his mother. Yeah, he's left yeah. to be a slave by these Jedi because they think that's what's good for him. It's, yeah, that's yeah. like it's heavy. Really, that's a horrible thing to do. The Jedi are kind of assholes in this Ooh. movie. Like, there's yeah. a moment when Obi Wan says, uh, "Why do I get the feeling we've picked up another pathetic life form?" Yeah. Uh, they, they have what like a, a heightened sense, sense of superiority. Liam Neeson is a dick to everyone in yeah. this movie. Like he's a dick the whole time. D- he freak takes Jar Jar Binks. Well, he's so rude to Jar Jar at first. Yeah, he's just like, get away from me. Yeah, you know, he grabs his tongue. Yeah, well, you know? also, it's tragic. With the book, but he was also saving the boy from. I mean, he's his slave on. Well, it's, it's like, like oh, I have to do it. Chance. I'm a Jedi. Yeah, I have to do saved. good. Also, he's like saving him because he's like he's the prophesized. Yeah, they want to use him. Yeah, for something That's, that they don't even know is going to happen because it's a prophecy. It's like oh, really true. messed up stuff. Yeah, they're just they're just you know they're just getting him for the Jedi's. That's true, actually, they are yeah. kind of jerks to Anakin just the entire, his mom. even when he's older. Like I don't. Yeah, no, they're they not cool. All, they never like. Liked that's him. why. That's how that kid was raised. Them. Yeah, Jenny by those people. Is this movie utter, utter garbage? Um, I mean, again, watching it again. So I watched it. Uh, a couple of days ago with my nephews, which I think to see it, like I, I really wanted to watch it with children because that's such part of the argument. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're some of the smartest 10 and 13 year olds that I know. Um, and they, so it was, it kind of softened me a little bit watching, again, watching their reactions. I, I think the second time around, I found things in it that I did like. I found certain scenes that I could pick out that I was like, you know what? All right, that's pretty badass the Darth Maul thing the, some of the new score I decided I really actually like Liam Neeson and Gregor mm-hmm. um, 
so I've downgraded. I, I don't think it's complete utter garbage, but I still think it's it's a bad movie. Yeah, that's I think fair. I think if it wasn't didn't have Star Wars attached to it, I think it would be very forgettable. I think hmm. <coughs> I think it would have been like any number of overblown. Like Starship Troopers or whatever. I don't know what what's mother really should like. I might yeah. you know, but um but you know, I th- I think it would have been I think it would have been forgettable still. And I think it's cluttered and it's it just would have been another cool summer blockbuster. It yeah. wouldn't have been yeah. Johnny Unicorn. I don't think it's utter garbage. I don't think it's garbage. I wouldn't say it's like a, a excellent piece of cinema necessarily, mm-hmm. but there's characters all over the background squeeze into every inch of the frame yeah mm, yeah uh, that's annoying but it's it's you know there's annoying parts is that annoying because it's not how it was in the original trilogy or is it annoying on its own merit oh it's annoying on its like i hate yeah. any movie that has yeah. that much cgi when it's supposed to look real fair i'm okay if it's like yeah. a cartoon yeah baby dan uh, no, it's not utter garbage. I mean, there's, like, definitely things that, like, and, like, later I'll get into, like, specific things that I'm like, yeah, this is, like, pretty horrendous that this is done, and, like, yeah. this is pretty horrendous, but I definitely don't think it's utter garbage. I think it's, like, like, I watched it with you a few weeks ago, and I, or I guess a week ago, and yeah. I fucking loved it the whole time. I was, like, as like, giggling, I laughed so much more. That was a thing that I didn't hmm? remember. It's funny. It's so funny. There's a lot of really funny you lines said you guys in that were movie. We're high, right? We were very high. <laughs> yeah, but in <laughs> fairness, that's how I experience most of life. <laughs> I, I did go back and watch it again sober to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. Wait a second. Um, um, yeah, no, there's there's like a bunch of things I thought were really funny, which surprised me. That going into this, that was zero percent of my argument. Uh, but after watching it, I was like, oh, that's where like a lot of the things that I now love about this movie are. Is that there's like just like good jokes throughout yeah. thus uh, became I, the golden age of uh comedy uh-huh. yeah <laughs> which jokes were funny because I, uh, I remember fucking... lines that it was like <laughs> yeah, i didn't think they were ter- there's funny. terrible there's terrible jokes in there's it always as well a bigger fish. yeah <laughs> that's not yeah. the best but there's things like um the they're they're not called battle droids because of the dro- those are the droidicas but like the 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 like Battle uh, droids. Are they called battle droids? The I minion know. droids are the battle yeah, droids. Yeah, the yeah. minion droids. The are... general fighting droid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they right. crack me up. The first oh, yeah. scene was. Roger. Yeah, and the first scene was revealed that Qui Gon Jinn is in fact a Jedi. He like like two lightsabers appear, and one of the robots goes, "Oh, oh, oh no, oh!" And it's, <laughs> I cracked up. It was so funny. Yeah. And then uh, I like a that big they argument talk to each other me, too. Yeah. A big <laughs> argument for me is uh, like Jar Jar Binks is like the epitome of what people hate about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you eliminate his dialogue, he's good physical comedy. He's like quality slapstick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has funny lines, too. Does he? What name? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had put out a call online for people to volunteer if they wanted to contribute something to this show. My friend Justin Minnick recorded hours of himself talking and sent it over to me. Here's some highlights of Justin's vitriolic response to whether or not episode one is utter garbage. Is this movie truly utter garbage? Um, yes. <laughs> in, a, in a word, yes. Um, in many other words, well, here we go. First off, I, you know, I have a problem with Lucas saying like, oh, well, it's a children's movie. And it's like, well, okay. In, in certain ways, sure it is, you know. I mean, Jar Jar Binks is not for adults, although... 
I mean, in my opinion, he's not for kids either. But, you know, you can't have a movie that has so much political intrigue, you know, and, you know, hand-wringing in the Senate and, and Jar Jar Banks, because it's just, it's, it's such a wide swath of, of, of things. So you can't really say that it's a kid's movie, because no kid is going to understand politically, like, what's happening. You don't really know who the main character is. It's never really made clear. Motivations aren't really clear either. It, it, it really seems like there was no clear direction. It's just, it is a clusterfuck of CGI. A bukake of, of stuff. you just like assaulting your eyes. And yeah, while I'll admit that having a fully computer-generated character, Jar Jar Binks, was a revolutionary thing technically in terms of filmmaking, Jar Jar Binks is a horrible character. I mean, Jar Jar's not even funny. I mean, he does like a lot of like stupid like slap di- slapstick shit. He just doesn't really seem necessary to the story. I mean, really none of the Gungans do. The plot's clumsy, the political intrigue is clumsy. Like, I don't really care about any of the characters or what they're going through. I mean, even Anakin. Anakin seems way too happy-go-lucky to be a, a, a fucking slave on Tatooine. I think it was poorly, poorly written, poorly directed, really needs to be redone. Like, if J.J. Abrams, with all the build-up and hype over Episode Seven. If he can really make those good, then he needs to go back and redo the prequels. Or someone does. Hell, I kind of want to do it, but, you know, I don't have all the money in the world. One of the biggest criticisms of the movie that I get when I talk to people about it is, this is a garbage movie. Yeah, and it's an easy, and and I was of that camp for a long time, I will admit. And so was I. And the the prequels, don't even get me started. (laughs) And And I actually finally was called out on it by one of my friends. He's like... Like, dude, Jenny, yeah, we get, like, you know, we get, it's an old argument. Like, come on. Like, it's just, it's yeah. boring, and it's, it's just became, like, the trendy thing to do. You just bash the prequels, and, yeah, you know. Yeah. I also, yeah, I also just think, like, hating stuff is, fan. like, a really easy opinion. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is there a movie that everyone would say is an utter garbage movie? Trading Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Home yeah, Alone no, 3. Are, I really hate Home Alone 3. I can't think of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think there of are films there that. There are ones that are bad. Yeah, movies. when I watch them, I'm like, this is degrading my existence the yeah. whole time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I used to feel that way about this movie. I have been on my own podcast saying this was a garbage movie. Yeah. Which I, uh, I, I mean, I stand by the thought at the time. I stand by the sentiment because I, I have emotional baggage that I'm trying to let go of. Uh, but not only do I think that this is not a garbage movie, I think that this movie changed the way that cinema is made. Um, yeah, whenever you guys were like, yeah, but I hate anything that's too much CGI. Guess what innovated the world where you can create too much CGI? It Boom. was this fucking it was movie. this movie. Yeah. So, like, look at our movies now. Like, everything is made just is like this movie now. Is that a good thing, though? And that's a good argument. I, I Arguably, no. I mean, I take huge issue with the idea that everything is made in front of a, a green screen now. I really don't yeah. like that. But when I... When I look at it from an objective point of view, I remember the days before CG when the best we could do with the Rancor, when, when Luke is fighting him in, in like the Rancor pit, is stop motion, and it looked terrible. Yeah, but look at look at Jurassic Park. I mean, that movie yeah. holds up still. I watched that recently, yeah, and absolutely. it's a great example of a film that used like just breathtaking, like stay there, like CGI, but without overdoing. Even Lord of the Rings, I would argue, mm-hmm. was a great example of a film that. And I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, not The Hobbit, because yeah. The Hobbit I compare to the prequels. Even, I think that the, Peter with, Jackson made the same mistakes. Even with yeah, Gollum, 
Yeah. I, I love Gollum. Oh, I thought I Gollum was it. amazing. I don't know why. Oh, Gollum's incredible. Him. I thought he was yeah. one of the most believable, relatable CGI. Like, I thought Absolutely. he should have gotten an Everyone Oscar. Else is like and I think around. that you have Star Wars Episode One to thank for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, well, you're right in that maybe if George Lucas, again, you've got to fail in order to succeed. So I, I do think that he failed overall. In the, sorry, I'm skipping to then. But, oh, yeah, go. But, but again, so in terms of maybe, yeah, that, that it encouraged advancements in that and, you know, and that the led initially, you know, to movies that would do what he tried to do better and that were maybe. Yeah, I think that's part of his problem was that he 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 didn't just want to make a new Star Wars movie. He also wanted it to be as technically revolutionary yeah. as the originals. Agreed. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, because, his, yeah. because he owns the, you know, all the effects the houses and everything. Magic, yeah. And, uh, and he's George Lucas. And it's a new Star Wars. And if it isn't like this huge leap yeah. technologically, then it's, people would somehow yeah. be disappointed. Right. Yeah. I agree 100%. He I should have too. been less worried about that what? and more worried about making... Was, was the first movie a leap technologically? Oh, it's huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought huge it was just leap. aesthetically. No. I just thought it was no, no, just no. the way they chose They to... invented all of those special effects yeah. for that movie. Yeah, You've yeah, never been in space in battles like that, that before, ever. The, uh, yeah. the, he had to create the, a studio to do The cameras yeah. moving, and they would build a model and then move the cameras across the model oh. to make it look like they were flying through space in more than just like a line. Like, right. That was, I think, new oh. for that. Yeah. No, I think some of the stuff, you know, movie. before that, maybe like 2001, but even that. 2001 was just like they're very floating Yeah, around. but yeah. to have them actually move through, that yeah. was like huge. Oh. And the... Uh, and a lot of the, I think, the model making and oh, stuff yeah. was 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 pretty revolutionary, and, and the sound too. And in Empire Strikes Back, the speeder chases in the snow. The fact that they could do that on a white landscape, mm-hmm. because without the little black line around. Although oh. this is something that I would wonder, because I haven't seen the original, oh, yeah. original, original. Have you watched the original so ones? Do you There's have a lot it? of those. Yeah, I have the I'm, despecialized most version. Most of my memory is the special edition, so I also right. I kind of wanted to watch those because I'm wondering. If Star Wars would look a little more like I, janky than I remember it, I remember so used to the special ones. Growing up watching Star Wars, anytime a Tie Fighter would fly on the screen, there's those squares. You could yep. see the mm-hmm. that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the the matte square. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of problems with the special effects, but because you'd never seen anything like it, it didn't yeah, matter. it didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. Not true in 1999. Uh, 1999, we're ready for a leap forward, and I would argue that. Uh, that the the lasting effect of episode one was a huge leap forward in special effects. Is it a good movie? Is it a good use of special effects? Not necessarily. But did George Lucas succeed in creating that leap forward twice in his career? Yes, I think so. Mm. And I think that that is fucking huge. You don't think some other movie had done that's, that already? That's like, what I'm trying to remember, and that's part of why I started googling like other sci-fi movies from like 98, I, 99 because I, I feel like, like let's see when Sky I don't Captain remember that out. being that revolution. Like I saw that. it, and I was like, it, was, it looked just really overwhelming to me. I mean, some of the yeah, worlds are beautiful. Oh, way later, two thousand four. Yeah, it, it didn't it, seem. I wasn't watching like, oh my god, yeah. I've never seen this before. Like, it was like a natural it, progression. It was, like Independence Day wasn't yeah, too far off yeah. from that. And that was three years earlier. There was a yeah. switch from like model making and shooting models to yeah. basically hundred percent CG environments, and it is Episode One. I have a that's, distinct that's memory the so of the Time magazine Independence that was Day just modeled. talking about episode yeah. one, and mm-hmm. most of it was talking about green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Independence uh-huh. Day was models, I yeah, think. Independence yep. Day, Independence Day actually hasn't 
aged that well if you've watched it recently. I haven't. It's really? Yeah, that was one I was surprised. Where Jurassic Park holds up really. Anyways, you know, yeah. Have you, ever, have you watched Stargate? It, it no. The movie. Oh, oh, I have, I have that's excellent that use of stop motion in that movie. I, I, I watched Total Recall, and the models were amazing. Like yeah. the. Some yeah. some of these effects don't age, but I think models age incredibly gracefully. Yeah. What I would love to see is using some of the old techniques and some of the new techniques, blending them together. Well, I really yeah. hope that's what the new Star that's Wars is going to be. That's what they do, and that's what Lord Rings did. And I think that's what I think that's definitely what they're doing. Yeah, they're you know all the featurette stuff from the new yeah. from the new episode seemed they're like this is a real set. Yeah, yeah. of course, oh, it's going to be CG as well. We all know that, but yeah. like. Well, that was one of the best quotes from that Comic-Con footage he released where he's like, I think it's Mark Hamill actually talking, but he's like, we're, you know, embracing new technology, but we're keeping one foot in the pre-digital world. Like there's yeah. a physicality to things. Yeah. There's, And that's my, I think my biggest complaint about the movie is I, yeah, you can look at it and be like, okay, fine. The special effects are amazing. These worlds that he created were pretty incredible. The planet Naboo. I, one thing I was excited because I, you know, we Coruscant was a that was a planet in the expanded universe, like you right. knew about. So to yeah. see that come to life was yeah. like holy shit. That was actually what I pictured. Like I thought that was stunning. And they took the name from the expanded universe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which was really exciting for for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I couldn't. And seeing that little clip, you know, the the little ending to Return of the Jedi that he added, where you see the preview of the different planets mm-hmm, celebrating mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, that was amazing, but it just, but it's still, it's like watching, like you said, unless it's a cartoon, you, it, it's too, you've got to, you've got to have something pulling you back and making you feel Agreed. like you really to yeah. it. It's, and it's, looking at a, it's looking at a beautiful painting that you're like, wow, that's cool, but it's still it does it's not a story. B- but I can tell it was done on Photoshop, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it it still does look fake, and 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 I think that yeah, he think he wanted it to be a huge leap forward. But I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was he, too much of a step forward. Right, but no, I, think, I agree. I think that's I where, consider progress a pendulum. No one ever nails right. a leap for yeah, forward a hundred percent. You yeah. go just ask. Oh, so Mao Zedong. What's like? Oh God. <laughs> uh, sorry. You just sorry. you just do. You do the best you can in the direction you think it should go, and then by doing that, you illuminate what isn't necessary. By like going that far, right. and then you like wheel it back, and you go to you find the perfect notch of like the the middle ground off of that. But like without him doing that, without without Phantom Menace, there couldn't be Avatar. Mm. Fuck Avatar. That <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. said, Avatar's another thing that I'm like technologically <laughs> though, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. See, I thought Avatar visually was. Visually, so I had this. Yeah, I had this shit. weird thing up until this week where any movie that was a full CG environment, I hated by association. Right. Uh, just because I hated Episode One so much, um, so that means that I've missed out on a lot in cinema <laughs> in the last. <laughs> but, but you liked decade. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought yeah. was the, my one complaint. Video of, game. My one complaint of Guardians was I was like, that man, why can't this be more like Phantom CG. Menace? That was my one complaint. Yeah. But uh, and I've been really down on CG on. A lot, you know, especially especially on my my podcast. The Hobbit is, uh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. But let's. But yeah. I will say that uh, this project, you know, thinking about Episode One, has made me reassess my views of CG, and it's made me think about the moments in CG that blew me away. District Nine is one mm. of the highest moments in CG, in my opinion, <laughs> and Jar Jar Binks is a direct correlation to that. Character, uh, what's his name in District Nine? The alien, the main alien. God, I can't have yeah. seen that movie. He had like a I human name. Yeah, Jojo Boinks. Jojo Boinks. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks John, was John. the first fully digital <laughs> character in a movie. 
Is that was that, photorealistic. Is wait, wait, that who, who? accurate? Jar Jar, 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 Jar really? Binks, yeah. Is that I, true? Not to my eyes. The the first character that was a main I, character. That's the distinction. Like a main character that was there for the whole movie and was CG the whole movie. Yeah. He is widely considered. Well, yeah, sure. I, as close as. I can't. <laughs> it's like, it's a, there's a cartoon and everyone else is regular. This well, style of thing. CG is, is considered even... photorealistic in quotes. But I think yeah, our eyes have our eyes be... have improved over the, the decades that this has come out. But he made them look, he made those characters look he made those cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. They look cartoonish in their design, like yeah. Jar Jar and Boss Ness, all of the all of the uh, Gungans or whatever. Uh, the The Trade Federation guys Wado. look silly. Wado well, is uh, they, they very weren't CGI. Wado the, was the Vice good. No, they weren't. Were they? They were. They were regular. They, they, were, were, they were bad I was animatronics. To that, actually, they were. They are not watching. CGI. Yeah, they're not. They, they did a little CG actually. on their mouths and I eyes, which I think were... was in the Blu-ray version only. I don't think uh, it was. You in know the what original. they should have done is like, have you ever seen Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, yeah. they had a animatronic uh, plant, and every time it talked, they filmed the scene in like slow motion. And sp- oh. or sped it up yeah. afterwards so that it could like look natural. Interesting. I watched that that's very recently done. and it looks so freakishly. It looks so good, like yeah. still. And, and that's but, like and you can see like Rick Moranis off in the corner and he's like moving kind of fast. It's and this the huge plant puppet, but it is mouthing words like so close to yeah. re- it looks awesome. Still looks yeah. awesome. Interesting. And but nobody does that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Should. I guess it's probably really expensive. I come on, I mean that's you know <laughs> yeah. you have to get even, like uh you know, the what's that company that built the robots? Well, maybe JJ Abrams will bring that back. I hope so. <laughs> it's it's almost it's creepy kinda. Yeah, how re- that I just I've watched that just recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's gotta be another technique out there. Because I think CG is kind of like hitting a point now where people are fucking pissed at it, you know? Yeah. And we're yeah. ready for it's, something different because it's just overwhelmingly CG. Mad Max came out at the perfect time. I also feel like Mad that's Max because- is full of CG. I know, but yeah, people you can't say this like you I, like it. Well, see, and I didn't it's used to support the practical effects. Yeah, they're, agreed. They're agreed. Really out there so on it's cars. not CG that's yeah. the enemy; it's the use of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, it can be used right, and I, I know, I'm really like scared shot. to say that I didn't see Mad Max, and I know I want, I've heard so oh, many good things. I know, I know, it's I know, I know, so I know, I know. I heard so. I don't know why I didn't see it, but again, I, I sort of go back. My <laughs> go again was Lord of the Rings, where I feel like that was the same thing, where it was mm-hmm. a good use of where you're not sitting there being that CGI is awesome. It just works well with. The, the storyline it's part of the world and yeah like the balrog was fucking real as fuck you know yeah that felt there's a physicality like that was amazing it was yeah miniatures know, look cool when they make a miniature sets that are so detailed like yeah. nothing looks cooler than that like, because when you pan around a miniature it looks real it looks real you know it's real and you can tell when it's cg you could it yeah, just feel it takes knows. you out of it a little bit yeah well and also god what i was reading or watching something that was talking about you know, even when you're doing like, okay, yes, it's a, you know, it's a fantasy world and you can only, oh, well, it's the force making them do certain things. But mm. in order for your mind to relate, like you still have to obey some laws like a physics and some yeah. things happening. Like, again, with these ridiculously, like every scene in the prequels is they have to be fighting on some lava planet where he's got to <laughs> jump onto some teeny little piece of wood that's fighting and then there's all these little droids that are coming at them and they're but like yeah. everything well, has to be like no that would not that just in no universe should that would that work no yeah. like there's no you're that's 
And there's even, yeah. The anger in your eyes is very intense. There's cartoonish things about, you know, like when, like when Jar, when they jump into the water, Jar Jar Binks like dives in the water and he does like this crazy like flip spin that you can't do in nature. And then like all like the, (laughs) all like the pod racing guys who just look like, like like, Ben Quadraneros. He's like like just a face with like four arms. He's like, I can't control all these things around me. It's, and I fucking hate that shit. And I the two-headed hate. alien, kinda, Greg Proops. Is that it? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. The two-headed, oh, two-headed alien, and the Greg announcer. Proops. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. gotta hurt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you let, I guess if you let go, and you're like, that's okay. That's what this movie is. That's kind of that's kind of a fun the scene. Pod it's racing scene good. is oh, my the, favorite it's scene. It's the best of the nineties. Yeah, it's really good. I hate the pod racing. It's cool. But they got a lot riding on that thing. Am I the only one who doesn't like the pod racing? See, I didn't like it when I first saw it. I, maybe again, Sounds it might have so been cool. me watching oh, yeah. it with kids. It was like, you know what? This is. I didn't think it was anything, more, but I thought it was cool, and I thought it was kind of funny seeing their version of like a sports stadium, and again with the two-headed guy yeah. and the like, you know, little details that they had within the audience. I thought was kind of yeah. funny yeah. and clever. I think one of the biggest reasons I've been so down on CG recently is because I worry that that's where film is going. And then I hate it more because I'm like yeah. thinking to myself, well, if, CG, if we're going in this fully CG direction, then everything I love about movies is lost. Yeah. No. I don't think that's true anymore. I think, I think that that's coming back around. I think, it's, I think we've we've reached we and passed yeah. peak CG. Yeah. I, think. I agree. Yeah. M- Mumblecore is going to say yeah. that. Yeah. And if that's the case, if CG becomes one tool in this arsenal of tools, that's what I love about filmmaking. Like yeah. when you go back to early ILM, Star Wars in particular, the arsenal of tools is what's yeah. fascinating to me. When you have like models, you have like motion control, green screen stuff, all these different things put together, like on stage effects, mm-hmm. that's fascinating to me. I think we're going to head back in that direction and CG will be one of those tools and then it will maybe be one of the most powerful tools and then I can watch this movie again and say, well, if this is the first time that we dive into a full CG universe and in the future I can look at this as the first that started this thing that went a little too far with this movie. Absolutely. Well, it went way too far in this movie, let's yeah. be honest. But but I, if I don't have to hate it because it's CG, then maybe I can like the movie a little bit more. At least like the pod race part, because that's, <laughs> that's just thrilling. It's just thrilling from start to finish, and it's good sound yeah. effects. Yeah, I think uh, that's Mad Max. The pod race is so boring. That's- it's pretty. Dude, it's the pod pretty. racing is so good. Oh, it's so but fun. like, oh, it's when the Tuscan Raiders are taking pot shots at everyone, that's hilarious. Oh, oh man, I when they go past that, the Jawas, like, oh, Danny, yeah. I fucking hate that. It's like <laughs> pandering bullshit. It really is. Yeah, I, you know, it's okay. I well, mean, they whatever. Have to on a scene like that. You know, you know what I think? Yeah. Bring, moments like that and moments like throwing C three PO in, yeah, pandering to the old Star Wars audience brings this movie down. Yeah, that was something I was gonna say too. Because there's yeah. even. Certain movies can do that right. Like, and I don't know what you guys are, but the new, like, Jurassic World, I thought the little moments, the, the nostalgic worked for me. I was yeah. like, yes, I, I agree. Got it. The ones that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. The t shirt. Right. I fucking love that movie. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a The DNA that, guy was in there? That worked. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. DNA. Yeah. Yep. That worked. The pandering that he did in Phantom Menace, and I hadn't even, like, I didn't, again, didn't remember, but watching it again, I was just like, it felt forced and cheap to me. Like even yeah. some of the same, uh, same. Like there was some. Oh, I'm I think it's blanking, just kind of yeah. fair to say that like n- nothing he did in this movie was like super cool. Like some of it's like good, but none of it's like 
cool. What about the know? Lucasfilm logo in the very beginning? That was the That's best. What about the lightsaber Wait, fight? Yeah, the lightsaber you, fight. Uh, the end. Yeah, the that lightsaber the, fight was amazing. Yeah, what do you mean cool. by cool? Do you mean cool like it's like gonna define pop culture after the movie comes out in a positive way, or do you mean cool like it's like fun to watch? You're like that was fucking rad. No, I think like something that a cool kid would like. Like, you know. <laughs> what's well, the cool I just kid? Don't, Double me. lightsaber. You know what? Nerddom yeah. is for everyone. It's for the right, uncool like, kids to have something to to feel right. safe with. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right, double lightsaber is pretty. Double cool. lightsaber is <laughs> rad as face, hell. His pod racing's rad as hell. That's pretty cool. Uh, the whole underwater city is cool as fuck. Nah. Yeah, Darth uh, Darth Maul so cool. is, Maul is perfect. perfect. I couldn't believe they killed him off in the first the, one. The I only thing was wrong awesome. with Darth Maul is his you death. You know. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? That was the only. I totally thought they were going to bring him back because I was watching episode three and I was like, that guy, General, General Grievous, Grievous, he has a red eye. He I has thought a red the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't eye. think about that. He has a different shaped iris, though, so it doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. I thought oh, the same thing at the time. Cool I was like, what if back he was with robot Darth legs. Maul? So cool. That would have been a cool And he did come back with robot like, legs in, in the Clone Wars oh, cartoons. Oh, in the cartoons. Yeah. Wait, wait. Who? Darth Maul did? Darth Maul, yeah. So Darth Maul, according to official Star Wars canon, Darth Maul did survive. Did survive. Which is so fucking frustrating because he was so great and I would have loved to see him again. Yeah. But just I like do knocking like, it out of the park oh, with Darth Maul. He was that was one thing that I that I and I remember even their first time I saw I liked his character. I was yeah, like, that's pretty badass. He can't dislike. But it was him. cool that it was kind of cool that he was like, oh, I'll kill him. And that you know, I didn't like go. that he cut him in half though too. And, I, and then that was a consistency Dread. issue with me for like the way that you know you would strike down Jedi's and they sort of disappear elegantly mm-hmm. and kind of and then no, they got again. It's showing off, I think, with special. Uh, it has but, to be. But the the, ba- the bad guys never disappear. No, the, no, the good guys. Also, Qui Gon Jinn does not disappear. The reason that those guys disappeared later is because Qui Gon discovered a way yeah. to come back. I know. <laughs> but also, Darth okay. Vader. We don't know that he didn't disappear because oh, all you real? see is his outfit. You see his mask is cremated. It doesn't yeah. mean that he didn't disappear. I know. I and I read. I actually read before I made this argument. I read up on that. I don't yeah. remember. But yeah, I'm still not wild about that. I still just think yeah. it, felt like it was a showing off moment. For, it was yeah. just like, look, it was another example of just needless. You didn't need to do that. He could have, I thought it would have been a lot more elegant to strike him down and he falls and that's it. Instead, you got to cut him in half I and like, do something mm, a little more. I did like that it was kind of okay. vicious. Yeah. But if he didn't die, then why would he disappear? Well, that's true. If he's so not just, dead. No, but, but you he know goes what? through life without a penis after that. That's but, frustrating. But, but Mr. You don't know. You don't know. He's an alien. You don't even know if he's got. Maybe he got a also, rope, robo penis or something. <laughs> yeah. Do you Sith fuck? I know Jedi fake. don't Maybe fuck. He has do you Sith fuck? Penises. Well, Jedi's. Te- I mean, I think Luke Skywalker eventually Sideways, marries. Like well, yeah. first Callista <laughs> and then Mara Jade. Yeah, but he's after. a goddamn game changer. He's the uh, first of a new Jedi order that does not true. follow the rules of the old because no one's around to tell him what the rules Jedi are. That's are fucking true. The old bullshit, Jedi are pretty. Like, you have no personal. Yeah. yeah. The old Jedi. Old Jedi Obi- are bullshit, and that's the point of these yeah, movies. The remember, remember of- that Obi Wan hadn't been finished his training yet. Yeah. yeah. And he got, like let his anger take control, and so he yeah. wasn't done. He wasn't ready. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. He, he lost his master because he, like, Anakin came up. Got and- promoted too early. Yeah. Mm. Can we just talk about that? That the best Character part of that fight where they're trapped behind all the oh, barriers. Oh, and they're staring oh, yeah. each other down. That was like yeah. that was and like, like Qui Gon sits down and like yeah, meditates, that was cool. and then and then uh, I liked that. Obi Wan just scene. paces uh, angrily. Yeah, yeah. You can tell good, that Obi Wan is giving into hatred in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he wins. What does that say? Now it would have been a little bit better if I had like Darth believed the connection between him and Qui Gon. Because I didn't really 
I wasn't really getting a chemistry with the. Well, with it anybody, wasn't so did anybody have? Did you? Here's a. Did anybody? Was there any character that you actually felt just like? Did you really care if they no. lived or died? Did you One. Me. R two D 2s connection Shmi. with that ship, the Nubian. No. They were into it with That's each other. That's kind of <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was kind what? of sweet. Yeah. <laughs> no, every, no, everyone else is even like even like. <laughs> Anakin and his mom. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They just they I just spend the whole it. time doing exposition the, and like the old no lady one in the town who's like, hurry up, Annie, uh, get um, out, uh, to get out <laughs> before the storm comes. <laughs> <laughs> the hatred between Sebulba and everyone was real. Oh, yeah. I do love. Sebulba. Honestly, the best yeah. acting in that movie because I do uh, not the best acting, but like because uh, I think. Uh, one of my big arguments with Jesse during it was that like people hate the kid who played Anakin. Like yeah. they hate him. Yippee! But no, but Shut he's up. fine, and he's yeah, given he the worst lines in the world. Because there's yeah. a scene where he's talking with Sebulba, and there's no subtitles. You don't know what he's saying, but you know exactly what happens because he fucking nails like yeah, the he, tone, like his inflections, good. His body language is good. Oh. The kid's a killer actor, and George Lucas just gave him garbage lines he's like this competent what? kid who when he meets padme goes are you an angel but also he can fly any spaceship yeah, it's really dumb like i think if there is a thing that i'm like pretty anti it's george lucas writing anakin it's just horrendous and in that not movie. so much this kid being terrible no I the kid's that. great i think i can support that because the dialogue really just is garbage it's yeah. so yeah. bad are you an angel I'm might glad. be the worst introduction of a child i yeah. heard about space angels from a yeah, from, from a drifter pirate yeah. yeah he's his voice is kind of annoying uh, john's <laughs> just sitting here drawing et over and over again. my notes <laughs> yeah. In the course of collecting interviews for this podcast, I had a really fascinating discussion with local Seattle author Joshua Elwin Smith. We talked a lot about really the core issue of what I was trying to do with this podcast, which was get over my emotional baggage having to do with seeing episode one as a kid. So I'm going to bring you a big chunk of that conversation because I think it's well worth listening to. There's a certain disappointment in entertainment never being quite what we want it to be. And so now we're very cynical after entertainment's been sort of discovered in some way. Like once um, a show has gotten popular enough to be part of the conversation, that it suddenly is not good good anymore. Yeah. Yeah? Well, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. I mean, it, it's all of a sudden it's, everything's judged on a different criteria. Mm-hmm. It's no longer is this good. The criteria is is this the best thing I've ever seen? <laughs> yeah, because, you, again, you're like, we're so quick to nostalgia. It's because everything happens so quickly, right? There's a certain pace. And so because of that, it encourages this kind of nostalgia for, oh, well, this was good. You know, like, oh, well, this doesn't make me feel like I remember it making me feel before. It's the same thing with audiophiles, right? It's um, people who buy bigger and bigger stereo systems because... Beach Boys still doesn't sound like it sounded like when they heard it in their car in the 1960s, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a certain moment and a certain feeling that is kind of fleeting that we're kind of like chasing after it. And so I I would say that, yeah, Phantom Menace kind of introduced a certain amount of cynicism and disappointment into entertainment, like putting it on a pedestal that it shouldn't really be at. Again, it's just entertainment. Like these are just movies. These are just comic books. They're fun to talk about and they introduce other sort of ideas. But it's not the end of the world that your childhood isn't ruined. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain expectation, you know, like if somebody, and I think that's what it is. There's a certain amount of betrayal with, with George Lucas. He was supposed to do all these sort of great things for us and he didn't. And at the same time, yeah, we kind of 
have taken that cynicism to everything else. We put everything else on that height, like entertainment needs to be this, it needs to be that. And, you know, like any drug, you're, you have to get more and more of it to get the same effect, right? And that's yeah. basically what it is in a lot of ways. Like entertainment is a kind of drug. It, you know, like, I mean, people's, um, you know, hobbies are Netflix, right? And it sounds better to say Netflix than TV, right? TV, we have the idea of this channel, this kind of passive, you know, kind of I'm taking this in, I don't control what's going on. But suddenly because I cater it, because I have a choice, it feels a little more active, even if it's the same sort of passive consumption. And I think that's what contributes to the unhappiness a little bit. Because choice, when you have too many choices, right? And this is the same sort of thing with entertainment. You're going to be unhappy because Mm -hmm. there's always a sense that I could have been, I could have been a little bit happier. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to live in a society where we can consume media and be thankful that it exists and enjoy it on its own merit. It's amazing. Like, I mean, (laughs) I seriously, like people are smart. People have like, people have heard a lot of stories. And so, you know, watching a bunch of movies or, you know, people are always exposed to those different stories. And so storytellers have to be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I talked about, you know, doing writing. It's a gift to have to have so much competition. Think about like as a writer, I mean, there's certain things that books can do that, you know, other media can't, but at the same time, it's something that you're forcing somebody to actively participate. Yeah. It's so easy to put in a DVD, a lot easier than reading a book. Right. But at the same time, that's a gift, like to say, to give you that challenge. Yeah. Um, But it's the same thing with people who are writing TV. The reason we're in the golden age of television is because people have had to get that much better just to rise to sort of the top. And it's good. There are really great programs. But yeah, like people are a little spoiled (laughs) by that kind of embarrassment of riches. Right. I mean, think about how many TV shows you need to watch. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And so you have to pick and choose. And that's maybe that's also a part of the root of why people are so frustrated with the prequels is because we do live in this time where there's great writers everywhere. Why didn't any of them work on episode one? <laughs> right. No, and I, that's a that's a great point. I think that's actually, yeah. I mean, there's because there's such a well, and because it was the thing that was kind of sacred a little bit, right? Yeah. This is, I mean, again, even if it is a bit silly, even if you have like Han Solo shouting Yahoo or whatever, <laughs> um, at the same time, there was something so special about all of that. And so to kind of throw, to cast doubt on that in any yeah. way by making a, a shitty prequel trilogy, suddenly it's not just a betrayal, but it's a, it's a reassessment. It's, it's a, a reassess- crisis of faith. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I would, I think that's the best way to put it because there is yeah. a lot of um, faith being put into it. I was, I'm one of those people who said multiple times that Star Wars ruined my childhood, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's something that uh, is a big root of why I'm doing this project is to get over it. I shouldn't have so much emotional baggage attached to something I have no control or input over. Um, or that ultimately doesn't really affect your life. Exactly, it does I, not affect my life. And besides the fact that. It brings me joy. Uh, yeah, that should be the that should be what I take from it is that it brings me joy, and I shouldn't be, you know, taking depression from it. I shouldn't be pulling all these. There should only emotions. be a positive, right? It should right. be kind of a neutral, like, oh, that wasn't a, that wasn't very good. But again, yeah. it's there. I shouldn't this, be personally offended. But like, like you know, we were talking about the kind of drug analogy is that there's it it affects you. Yeah, and even if you recognize those feelings, you still feel them. So what do you do with that, right? right? What do you do when 
entertainment is that important? Well, you you record six hours of uh, people talking about it and edit it together. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what you do for me. <laughs> Catharsis, working through and then yeah, emerge from the muck. Because it's not just me. It's it's our whole generation mm-hmm. that uh, that had intense feelings. Whatever those feelings may be, this was a very divisive movie. I like the idea of the Phantom Menace generation. That's a really yeah. depressing um, moniker. But usually, I mean, when you think about what other generations are called, like the Gilded Age or whatever, it's uh-huh. not always the best thing about it, but the thing that defines it. Yeah. Right? When Time Magazine was thinking about who would be like kind of their person of the century, it was between Albert Einstein and Adolf Hitler. Wow. And both of those are really valid choices. That's great. Basically, I just compared uh, George Lucas to Hitler, but yeah, that's, that's, he's my Hitler. Yeah. Well, you touched on something that I think is kind of at the, the core of this, which is the fact that the level of uh, pessimism that people go into movies with has raised since The Phantom Menace. Yeah. I think uh, going into something with unbridled excitement is more rare post-Phantom Menace. Uh, I know that that's what changed it for me. Like when I go in to see a movie now, when I go see like Jurassic World or something, mm-hmm. um, I am not expecting to like it. And if I like it, that's great. Yeah, because you you associate it with a certain sort of naivete, right? Exactly. Like, either that or like, if, and any, if anyone else is, it's kind of off-putting. Yeah. Right? If anyone's too excited about something, you either assume they're an idiot or they're trying to sell you something. Yeah, it's like, how old were you when The Phantom Menace came out? Why are you so excited? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I, I feel like people that I've talked to who were younger than me who mm-hmm. liked the Phantom Menace on the first viewing seem to like everything, which is kind of cool. I mean, they, they either like everything or have no strong opinion, Okay, but they don't get as, and maybe they're, maybe they're in the right. I agree. Like, I think they're in the that's right. It's kind of refreshing in a certain sense. It's very refreshing. So maybe this move, maybe the legacy of this movie is that it will bring balance to entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm wondering whether it's that they like, ev- it's not that they like everything. It's that they don't let anything bother them. Yeah. Anything bad. They just sort of say like, Oh, it was, it was what it was, but maybe they've lost something because you remember what it was like to be a kid and to be obsessed with star Wars. It was like having a lover, you know, it was like right. having a best friend. Well, like I said, I mean, porn in the woods, right? I mean, it yeah. was something that was kind of secret. It was kind of out there, but it wasn't something that you could ever, uh, talk about, which again, makes me sound like some sort of deviant. It, it was, was just so I, different for me. It was like, everybody loved it. And when I, when I finally saw it, mm-hmm. I was like welcomed into the club with open arms. It's like, well, okay, you're right. collecting the action figures. Now you're like reading the expanded universe. You're one of us. Uh, <laughs> no, it was literally just like me and my friend Lorenzo. Those were, that was our wow. like, I mean, and I remember the teachers saw us like drawing like a Y wing or something like that. And they're like, is that star Wars? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. And she's like, that movie came out years ago. Like, and I'm like, Oh no. Wow. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I guess a very different experience. Yeah. But still like an important part of formative growing up, formative part of growing up was star Wars. And these people that, uh, they grew up with the, the prequel generation who seemed to love it, Mm -hmm. but maybe not as passionately. Like they're not reading none of the people I talked to that liked the movie we're reading the expanded universe novels or collecting action figures, yeah. which is kind of my litmus test for whether or not you are as an actual, invested or yeah, not. Yeah, an invested fan, I think is... Because it's actually a financial investment too. I mean, I spent hundreds of dollars of my parents' money <laughs> on action figures and shit. <laughs> uh, and I wonder, I wonder 
First, I'm jealous. My first reaction is jealousy that they didn't have to go through that emotional mm-hmm. trauma. My second reaction is, is I question whether or not that's a good or bad thing. No, and these are, I mean, because these issues extend beyond Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that's what's fun about doing something like this, talking yeah. about Star Wars um, and Phantom Menace in kind of a retrospect and looking at something. Because Phantom Menace came out, what, 1999? Yeah. I mean, the world's changed a lot yeah. since then in many, many ways. And for it to still have this kind of hold, this kind of shadow over things. And again, something where even, you know, half my life later, I can still talk about it in a way that's kind of meaningful to me. Maybe George Lucas did something right by doing something wrong. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's another um, way to kind of look at it. As well. It's like, because, you know, I mean, you always end up becoming yourself. And so it's difficult to kind of look back and say, oh, if this thing was different or if this thing wasn't. Um, But at the same time, he did kind of introduce that critical faculty to me a little bit because it was something, because it was such a letdown. You talked about it as a crisis of faith. And I think that, you know, I mean, like every, every good biography or autobiography has a crisis of faith. Yeah. Right. Has a point. I mean, even the first one, right. You talk about like St. Augustine's confessions. I mean, that's the original autobiography and that's something where there was a huge crisis of faith and he comes out of that a lot brighter. Right. And it makes for those kind of compelling narratives because they're a lot better. Like, and the people are a lot better after that, after emerging through that, after having to work through it. Like you you know, you were talking about that catharsis. Um, That's an important process. Yeah. And maybe going through it with something that I'm not attached to in any way that is tangible Mm. is a safer way to do it for the first time. Because I went through another crisis of faith when I was older for something that was personal and very real and very scary. But maybe I was a little bit more prepared to deal with it because- More well equipped. Yeah. I'd already experienced it through The Phantom Menace. Yeah. um, I think that that, um, it became a formative moment for better or for worse. Yeah. But with all of those things, with anything that kind of happens in life, right, you're, you're taking it and you're saying, like, how can I improve from this, right? Like, you if know, you are a healthy, thinking, positive person, if you, take, mm-hmm. if you take positivity from tragedy, then that is what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just, you know, the secret to success is just outlasting your competitors, right? <laughs> and part of that is weathering those huge storms, right? Yeah. Going through everything and kind of coming out on the other end, not just intact, but kind of stronger uh, because of it. And again, these are, it's not that the Phantom Menace is the only thing, right? But yeah. it's its one of those, as far as how we think about culture and entertainment and all those things and what entertainment should be, it should be formative. It mm. was something that was a really big deal for a lot of us. Um, but how we react to it, how we deal with it now is completely up to us. And so I think it takes something like talking about it to really process all of that. I know the debate is just heating up, but you'll have to subscribe to find out what happens next. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a positive review on iTunes. It helps get the word out and encourages us to continue making the show. Follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi on Trial if you want to join the debate and share your Episode 1 stories. For more information on the show and panelists, head over to scifiontrial.com. If you just can't wait for the next episode and you need more nerd talk post-haste, 
check out my weekly podcast called Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. You can find that show and my sci-fi-themed synth-pop album at jessemercury.com. As I mentioned earlier, I collected over six hours of content for this trial, so there is plenty more coming in the next few episodes before we'll get to the verdict. And let us know what film you'd like us to debate next. If you want to continue with the prequels, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, then I'm all about it. But if you want to try something different, then I'm all ears. Any sci-fi film you think is remembered unfairly is fair game. The Matrix sequels, Armageddon, Star Trek Generations, it's up to you. Cast your vote on Twitter at Sci-Fi on Trial. <laughs>